Welcome to the Joy Revolution Podcast, where you'll stop letting the chaos of adulting fuck with your joy of living. Because can we all agree that adulting is a lot? All the responsibilities, obligations, chores, all the things you gotta do so that you can look like you've got it all together. But that's only half the story. What about how your life feels on your insides? How come no one ever taught you about that? I'm Elizabeth Wallace, a certified integrative life coach here to school you on the essential skills of working with your internal world, your emotions, your nervous system, your bodily sensations, and your thoughts so that you can close the gap between a life that looks good on paper and a life that actually feels good to you on your insides. Let's dig in. All right, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Joy Revolution podcast. And today we're going to talk about burnout. And the impetus for me recording this podcast was I was having a conversation um with a family member recently who was like, "Ugh, like I'm just I'm so burned out and I feel like I'm sleeping enough, but like I'm not feeling better." And we had this conversation about that was really eye-opening about there's actually different kinds of burnout. And so that's what we're going to talk about today because I think burnout is something that is a is a delightfully a buzzword that is more prevalently used and people are more aware of it. But I think that our culture isn't specific enough about what burnout actually means and thus people aren't able to heal themselves very efficiently from the burnout. So we're going to talk about all those things today. Um, There's one thing that I want to make clear from the beginning. Burnout is something that happens inside you, right? Like, yes, it it is sparked by external circumstances, right? And you know, an external stressor, say a really hectic time at work or a stressful time or relationship with a relative or, you know, any number of things. Um, But while you do need to ultimately deal with the stressor, right, the thing that's stressing you out, it's more important to remember that burnout is a physiological state, Chronic unrelieved stress is a biological thing that happens inside your body. It's an event that happens inside your body, and it does affect all of your biological systems. Okay. That said, um, I want to just not admit, I want to share right off the bat that a lot of what I am going to talk about today is informed by the book called Burnout by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski. It is an incredible, incredible read. I will link it in the show notes. It's called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. And I actually am going to just read a very short passage from the book. I highly recommend you go and if, if burnout is a thing for you, if you're interested, that you go and purchase the book. But This is a remarkable passage. It is as follows. 
The good news is that stress is not the problem. The problem is that the strategies that deal with stressors have almost no relationship to the strategies that deal with the physiological reactions our bodies have to those stressors. To be well is not to live in a state of perpetual safety and calm, but to move fluidly from a state of adversity, risk, adventure, or excitement back to safety and calm and out again. Stress is not bad for you. Being stuck is bad for you. Okay, so again, that is a quote from page 27 of Emily and Amelia Nagoski's book, Burnout. And why I think that is important is is really to underscore that we are never trying to eliminate all stress. We are trying, I am trying, to give you the tools to be able to move into and out of activated states, stress states, in a fluid way, right? And so this is like, you know, it's important to heal the internal state and to have the tools and to be the, the wherewithal to, to heal the inside state, the, the state of stress, because you can deal with a stressor. Like you can complete that big project that you have at work that you've been totally freaking out about, but you might not feel any better. Right? Has that ever happened to you? Like if I ju- when I just get this project done, then I'll feel so much better. But you don't. Right? And that's because things are always going to come up. Things that activate you are always going to come up. And if you don't deal with the stress inside you, the state inside you, now in order to move fluidly, right, it's important to know really truly where you are burned out. And so that's why here in this episode, we're gonna I'm gonna break down for you the different types of burnout and so that you can identify for yourself, oh, like where if anywhere, am I burned out? And what can I do to heal that part of me? All right. So the areas that we're going to talk about today are mental, emotional, obviously, physical, and interestingly, inner voice. And we're going to, when we get there, you're going to see how this one's a little bit different, but still very, very relevant. So mental. Mental burnout occurs when your cognitive capacity has been completely depleted and you haven't been able to get enough rest to replenish it. And so your capacity to function cognitively is like kaput, (laughs) right? And this looks like to-do list fatigue, never feeling like you can get out from under your emails and just getting so depleted and depressed about it to the point where you don't even address them. It can look like pressure to get things done to complete a project that has a timeline that isn't realistic and is beyond human capacity to get shit done. It's having to too many decisions, right? Having to make too many decisions in a row, which requires you to take in information, process it, use judgment, all of which takes energy, Right? Because remember, this is all about the management of your inflow and outflow of energy. Right? And in response to you know, some of the things that I've shared here, but the, the many other ways that mental burnout can look, in response to that, right, maybe you keep just 
like banging your head against the wall, doing the same things over and over again, the same routine, the same, you know, trying the same tactics and finding it hard to think outside the box to solve a problem, right? When you have mental burnout, you might have an outburst when it all just feels like too freaking much. That's because it is. Right, You have surpassed your capacity to cope. Your bucket is full. And so any drop on top of that is just going to push you right on over the edge. Right, your, your capacity to cope with the thing that's stressing you out is, is overflowing. Right? And I, I see this among moms too. Being responsible for too many logistics like, you know, putting together lunches, scheduling doctor's appointments, picking up prescriptions, doing the math on when to give the Tylenol, planning the dinner, making the dinner, what time is pickup, did they need special clothes for water play today, right? Like, oh my god. Mental burnout is due to the simple act of your brain having to figure it out for too long in too great There are too many great asks on your brain, right? Without the replenishing rest that is necessary for us humans. Literally, we are built for exerting and resting, exerting and resting, right? And what burnout can feel like, how you can identify if this is you, is like A, if you nodded your head to anything that I was saying in the last couple of minutes, and B, if you're getting headaches, if you're experiencing brain fog, if you're freezing, right? If you're looking at that to-do list or your email inbox and you're like, I, I, I just, I just can't. I just, I don't have anything left, right? It can make you feel isolated. Mental burnout can make you feel incapable. Like, I just can't do this. I must be stupid. It can make you feel small or like you don't have any options, And ultimately, mental burnout can make you feel helpless and exhausted, right? And I'm going to use a metaphor throughout throughout this episode of burnout being like a bonfire, okay? And in our metaphor, mental burnout is like a fire that's blazing, It's been, people have been throwing logs on the fire and logs on the fire over and over and over, feeding it and feeding it and feeding it. And now it's like a little out of control. It's like a little bit scary, right? Like when I was little, we have a, um, we have real wood fireplaces in the house that I grew up. And one year around Christmas time, my dad threw a, um, a clementine wooden carton, like wooden box. Remember when they used to come in wooden boxes, not bags? He threw a a clementine carton into the fireplace and he and my brother were like, whoa, so cool. Look at the fire. It's getting so big. And my mom and I were like, oh my God, it's getting really big. And then it erupted into a chimney fire and we had to call the fire department. So, right, it's a little bit like that. And when that happens, we need to stop feeding that fire. We need to get a little bit more in a more um, safe state. And so see, here are some ideas. These are just like off-the-cuff ideas, just the start of ideas for you, right? Everyone gets a brain break in different ways, but some of the things that you may may not have thought of because they're quote-unquote deemed as freaking lazy, which is another whole high horse thing, but um, are, you know, TV, your favorite show, 
a fiction book, a walk, looking out the freaking window, going for a drive, allowing yourself to be creative and and sort of use your brain in a different way, a different way to express yourself, right? Using a different part of your brain, which actually leads me to also a way to give your brain a break when you are feeling mental burnout is through active rest. It can be really hard to go from a bonfire, that's like our chimney fire that's out of control, to a nice, neat little, like, well-controlled, just like toast your marshmallow over it fire, right? And so we need to sort of bring it back slowly. And so active rest for your brain are things like putting dishes away, doing laundry, doing small tasks that keep you engaged, but you're not thinking and figuring things out, right? You want to imagine and ask yourself, what makes my brain feel like it's expanding again? Another metaphor that I like to use in this particular um, mental burnout example is Imagine that you are have been squeezing a sponge in your hand and it is completely wrung out and it's like really small and squashed together, right? That's your brain on burnout. <laughs> this is your brain on drugs. That's your brain on, on burnout. And you want to figure out the way that is going to make your brain feel like you've opened up your hand and that sponge is going and re-inflating back to its full capacity to absorb again. So this is your permission slip if you have been looking for one to watch TV, to read the fiction book, and to really reframe those types of activities as, oh, this is actually incredibly necessary and very beneficial to me as a human, and if you need to frame it this way, to your productivity as well. Okay. The next one we're going to talk about is emotional burnout. And there's a lot of talk about the mental load um, in our culture, which is awesome. Love, love, love that we're talking about the mental load of adulting, of motherhood, of all the things. But we aren't yet talking a whole hell of a lot about the emotional load of adulthood, of motherhood, of humanhood, (laughs) right? And... You know, something to just name is that we are inherently affected by other people's emotions, right? You can go back and listen to episode 13, which is called uh, Energy is Contagious, Here's How to Protect Yourself, where I talk all about how energy is indeed contagious, right? And a lot of what I see with emotional burnout is people who are losing their capacity to have empathy or compassion for others. Right? You'll know you're an emotional burnout if you have a really short fuse. If you start thinking that other people's problems are stupid or small or minimizing other people's challenges and problems. When you resent other people for taking up your time. And interestingly, procrastination can be a sign of emotional burnout as well because procrastinating is essentially avoiding the emotional experience of having to do something, right, that you don't want to do, and hiding, right, either behind inaction or behind misguided action, like cleaning the whole house instead of sending that difficult email, right? So if you're hiding and avoiding 
it could be a sign that you've passed your capacity to deal with the emotional load in general and the emotional um, experience of doing that thing you're avoiding is just like too much, right? You just can't handle it. This also shows up as compassion fatigue. This is particularly relevant right now. I'm recording this in October of 2023 and there's a lot going on in the world in the Middle East that is horrifying and you know that is it's like the first thing that I think of when something like this happens is oof we really need to be sure that we are caring for our emotional states our emotional well-being because when we get compassion fatigue and are absorbing all of these emotions from whether it be halfway across the world or the other people in our household to the colleagues at work who are always, always, always toxic and give off, giving off such a negative vibe, right? This can cause you to check out emotion, uh, check out emotionally, right? And when that happens, then you're no longer connected to yourself, and it's really hard to be connected to someone else when you're connected to yourself. And you can see how this would be then a ripple effect. Okay. So, you know, the, the most important thing, and I say this like with a wry smile, <laughs> the most important thing for preventing emotional burnout is boundaries. Right? Remembering that their energy is not your energy. Their emotions are not your emotions. And your emotions are not their emotions. Right? Rem- reminding yourself that the things that you're feeling aren't good or bad. They're just information. And so, I mean, this is a huge area where I work with clients on how to acquaint themselves, manage, learn from, and release emotions and the emotional energy from from their bodies because this is simply something that is not taught to us and I think most of us are walking around feeling so emotionally burnt out that we are disconnected from ourselves emotionally right or we're just feeling all the bigness all the time without knowing what to do with it so you know I was just talking with a friend about how you can't, you simply cannot treat emotional burnout from a cognitive place. You cannot tell yourself, well, just stop being so stressed. Like literally when the F has that ever worked? Be like, stop being so stressed. Like it's not a big deal. That's never worked because your body speaks body language. It does not speak brain language. And so in order to heal emotional burnout and prevent emotional burnout, you have to take a somatic approach, meaning a bodily approach. Things like shaking, right? Dogs, when they um, have a stressful encounter, you'll see them shake off after. That is a physiological, biological ingrained response. And we need to do that too, right? So shaking your body, just like doing a little wiggle, (laughs) is really helpful for offloading emotional energy. Dancing is another one. Hey, you have a stressful day at work where you've been receiving a lot of freaking emotions from your coworkers about, you know, how you're not getting paid enough and you're being overworked. You go ahead and dance in the car, my friend. Dance it out. 
let that energy, that emotion up and out. You've heard me say this one before, but crying. Crying is your body's super freaking smart way of offloading um, the overage of emotional energy. Crying is a beautiful thing. It is an important thing. It is many of our body's ways of releasing extra emotion. Laughing is another state changer, right? So finding something funny or going and seeing that friend who just makes you pee your freaking pants because you laugh all the time. And then another one is connecting. And, you know, it's interesting, right? Because one of the things that happens when we're emotionally burned out is we lose the ability to connect with others. And so one of the ways to heal emotional burnout is to reverse engineer that, is to go and seek connection. And one of the fastest, best, easiest ways to do that is to actually seek casual connections. Go to your grocery store and chat with the woman who is checking you out. I just went, I'll tell you a little story. I just went to the doctor to get my um, chest listened to. I've had this cold for forever and they decided to do a chest x-ray. And my chest um the person who did my chest chest x-ray, his name was Ralph. <laughs> he had this like very soothing voice and he was very good at being like, and now lift your arms, breathe in. And so after I was like, Ralph, have you ever thought of being a yoga teacher? Like you have such a soothing voice. You're very clear in your directions. I feel like that could be a very smooth transition for you. And he shared with me that actually in a previous life, he had been a flight attendant. And so it was just a nice casual interaction that felt really good emotionally. Right? So those are the things that you want to seek out. Go and chat with the barista at your, at your favorite coffee bar. Go and make friends with, friends with your bartender at your local bar. Those interactions are not throwaway interactions. They're not surface. They actually do affect the health of your emotional state. Okay. The next one is physical. Now, Physical burnout is when you are consistently not fulfilling your body's basic needs and you're just run the fuck down. It might show up as you being sick all the time or like knowing that your body is just pleading for more sleep. Maybe your pee is really yellow because you're not drinking enough water. Maybe you're really anxious all the time. But really, you're actually just very hungry and you're getting that signal confused because you're not paying attention, right? So physical burnout is when you are not paying attention to your body's basic needs or when you are doing too much of one thing like not being physically active, right? You can get people like you get burned out from sitting all day long, right? Don't they say um, that being sedentary is like one of the worst health predictors in our generation? I don't know. I I might be making that up because I don't have any facts on that in front of me, but um, we know that a sedentary lifestyle, our sort of nine to five sit at a desk lifestyle is not good for our health. Right? You can also get this from having to stand all day long or be really physical, physically active in your job all day long or 
you know, I experienced a little bit of physical burnout when I, with my toddler, from simply having to cart him around on my body all the time because he has been a very attached little koala bear. (laughs) Right? And my body was just effing tired and asking for rest. Right? So you'll want to pay attention to your internal signals on this one, right? Like good questions to ask yourself to help prevent physical burnout is, do I have to pee? Am I thirsty? Am I hungry? Is my body asking me for more sleep? Is my body asking me to move? Is my body asking me to shift positions and simply do something different with my body? Okay, so the last one we're going to talk about today is your inner voice being burned out. Now, this, like I said in the beginning, is a funny one because whereas um, for your mental, your emotional, and your physical burnout, you can picture that bonfire just blazing and we need to kind of like lower the flame a little bit, inner voice burnout is actually the opposite. Here's what I mean. If you historically come from a background where grit and persistence and self-control are prevalent and where changing course or shifting your goals seems like a failure and you are currently feeling stuck or low or unsatisfied or unfulfilled with your life, you may have a burned out inner voice. And it's, like I said, slightly different than the others because whereas the others are an overuse, like too much is just all too freaking much, Inner voice burnout is underuse. Okay, so I want you to picture your inner voice like a flame. And if you have a burned out inner voice, that flame has already been extinguished and it's lying dormant. You can see this if you have ever stayed in a job for too long, even though you know you should leave because it is simply sucking your soul. But you didn't listen to yourself. Or when you know you want to make a big change in your life, like moving across the country or coming out in your sexuality or starting a a business or a family, and you tell yourself, like, no, it's not safe. Like, we're not doing that. And you just shut that part of yourself down. That's burning out or extinguishing your inner voice. Most of the people that I work with have an extinguished inner voice. That flame has been put out and the work we do is to rekindle that. And we do that using really fucking cool techniques like hypnosis and meditation and relaxation and duh, really good questions in our coaching conversations. And we do that to first make that little, you know, maybe ember of an inner voice into a flickering flame. And then we fan it, we amplify it into a roaring fire that you could sit by for hours taking in its warmth, right? Because the thing is, when your inner voice flame (laughs) is a crackling bonfire, your sense of where your boundaries lie and your capacity emotionally, mentally, and physically becomes more clear because that's your gut instinct, your inner knowing. When that is burning really bright, That means that you know when you don't want to say yes to having your mom come and stay with you for another weekend because she activates you emotionally. You know 
when you really need to take a step back and consider how your friendships at work are affecting your mental state, right? And you know when you need to switch careers because that flame inside you says, hey, you really want to become a midwife. Go do that. You will know if you are suffering from inner voice burnout, from an extinguished inner voice, if you tend to look to other people to help you make your decisions, if you're constantly people-pleasing, right, and putting other people's emotional well-being, their comfort, their mental state above your own comfort, emotional well-being, and mental state. If you are always like, if someone's like, hey, what do you want for dinner? And you're like, I don't know. What do you want for dinner? Or if you're like, they're like, where do you want to go to, where do you want to like go apple picking? You're like, I don't know. What do you think? Or if everything that plays in your mind, every decision that you make has your mom's voice attached to it with her opinion telling you what to do. Or if you simply just feel like you're floating along in life on autopilot and you're not really sure why you're doing what you're doing. Right? Those are signs of inner voice burnout. And contrary to the other ones that need to be turned down and given relief and rest, inner voice burnout means that you need to fan that flame and amplify that voice. All right, so I hope that this helped clarify the different areas of your being that can be burned out and give you some ideas of where to get started in giving yourself that very necessary rest and rejuvenation that is simply a biological fact and not a sign of weakness. All right. As always, you can find me on Instagram. Come, ask me questions, send me a DM. I am in there all the time chatting with you guys, and I love it when you send your questions my way. And then if you are interested in one-on-one coaching, send me a message on Instagram as well. I will send you all the details, the information. You can also check out my website, which is linked in the show notes. Okay, so until next week, I am sending you the most love and the most encouragement to take care of these different parts of you. Because when they are all working in harmony, oh my God, there is literally nothing you can't do. Thank you so much for listening. My hope is that every single one of these episodes brings you closer to a life that feels better to you on your insides. And if you're looking for more, you can find tons of tools and tips, ideas, and perspectives on my Instagram at Elizabeth the Joy Coach. And if you're curious about working together personally, you can find out more info about that on my website, which is linked in the show notes. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you are listening so that more people can join the joy revolution and get out from underneath the heaviness of adulting.